0: counted i did it backwards i did it wrong (laughs) damn it that's okay hi everyone welcome back to oddity i wish you
1: guys could all see cassie because cassie got a new microphone and she's so nervously excited around it
0: i know i'm so uh cory and i exchanged well okay so happy new year first of all for us it's it's not it's like mid-december right oh, now fuck! So. i forgot yeah happy new Cor- year <laughs> happy 2021 uh we survived 2020 barely and uh let's just hope that things get better mm-hmm. soon um Corey and i exchanged early christmas presents and well not like all of them just one each and so he gave me a like a like a fancy microphone for this i feel you know what i feel like uh I feel like one of those, like, old Hollywood, like, glamour people when I'm talking into this thing. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I should be, like, gripping the mic, like, you I know. know? I know. It, you know what was the most fun
1: about it? It's, like, looking at it when you talk to it.
0: I know. And I've got a pop
1: screen. So it's very exciting. This is exciting. Cri- crisp. So, uh, if you guys ever thought you were like, oh, we'll never hear that again, ASMR's back. Too
0: late. Surprise, bitch. Um, Before we get started, uh, let me just do my thing. You can check out our social media information in the descriptions. One thing I would love to highlight, as always, is we have a Patreon page. If you would like to donate to our show, uh, you can find the link in the description. And I believe you can do it for as little as a dollar a month. We don't like to set tiers because we know that everybody has different finances and everything else so
1: and everybody's doing what they can right now
0: that's exactly right and uh if you do become a patron of our show uh you get bonus content every wednesday so not only do you get to hear from us once but then you get to see us once per week as well on a different topic (laughs) (laughs) yeah um oh fuck and i'm cassie
1: oh yeah i'm anna
0: Jesus. Anyway, how are you, man? What's the latest?
1: Uh, I'm good. I was up real late last night, which is why it was a little slow this morning. Because uh, I was FaceTiming with my dear friend
0: who lives in Chicago. Hello, dear friend living in Chicago. I think I know which one.
1: Yes. I miss him.
0: Yeah. And um,
1: it's it's been good. It's just been a very... I'm just, like, t- tired and... Honestly, kind of ready for the Christmas season to be over, if I'm going to be honest. It is when we're recording really? Yeah. I'm not a big Christmas person. Did you not know that?
0: No, but you're going to have like some time off and stuff. Yeah. I just kind of want it to be over. I'm so excited for my time off because I haven't really taken time off this whole year. (laughs) I've saved it all. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't, I
1: don't have like, I think I have like a couple days. But okay. I don't have like a big
0: chunk. Okay. So we have different reasons to be excited Than I understand. Yeah. I mean okay. deservedly so. You got two weeks where you're just chilling. Oh my god. I'm so looking forward to it.
1: Mm.
0: Um yeah, I knew you were up late. So I checked my the email this morning and it was like you have a new Dropbox sign-in, which I don't know why it's still telling me that we have new Dropbox sign ins because like we've each signed in a million times at this point. But oh, yeah. and it was like it was like two something in the morning and I was like, Jesus. Yeah, I know. <laughs>
1: Because my, my friend just told me, this is all like very, this sounds, makes me sound like a very cranky old person, but I can't stand that I, every time I watch even a random YouTube video, I can be watching Mm -hmm. a 30 second YouTube video and I have to watch a 30 second ad and that infuriates me. Yeah. And my friend last night goes, why don't you install ad blocker on Chrome? He was like, is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, then no. you it's a it's an extension. And he was like, mm-hmm. and you'll never have to do that. And so I just oh, switched well, everything cool. over to Chrome because I was like, I'm not dealing with that shit anymore. Yes, goodbye. Which is why I was on Dropbox at two thirty, <laughs> signing in.
0: <laughs> Love that. Love that. Yeah, how are you? Well that's uh I'm I'm good. Let's see. Well, I'm very excited to share with everyone, that we've now hit 11,000 downloads. We are having more and more of you tune in, and we are so thankful for it. We're so happy to have you guys here. I feel like we should call...
1: I guess it's like the odd family.
0: Yeah, our (laughs) Oddballs. I like the odd family better. (laughs) And um, what else is happening? Well, I'm very excited for Corey. Corey's my fiancé, to those of you who are new. And um, he's... He's in school right now, and he's working on his big senior engineering project, and they entered a competition meant for business majors, but essentially what they're doing is they're taking their senior project, and if they win this competition, they can kind of, like, get the funding to turn it into a business. Mm -hmm. And so they had a big presentation yesterday, and they are finalists. That's exciting. You know what's really exciting? is It's designed for business majors and, like, finance majors and stuff, and they're engineering majors, and they... They're final Like they beat out the competition, which is so great to me. I think those so. business majors are boring as fuck. <laughs> but we love those of you who are listening to us. <laughs> I mean, y'all know. Come on. I've se-
1: first of all, I've seen the way you guys are in class, and then the way you people party. I know what business majors are all about. That's true.
0: That's true. Um, let's see what else is good that's going on. Um, oh, Taylor Swift's new album is out again. Everybody, as a reminder, we are recording this in advance, so um, I got it, I pre-ordered it, and I got it the day it came out. So for those of you who are like, it's been out, everybody shut up. I listened to it the day it came out, okay? So also, does that matter? Do people care about I, that? I don't know. I, I feel like people care about the strangest things, so, you mm, know, true. whatever. And uh, I love it. I think it's so great. I like it more than I liked Folklore. Yes. They're in the same they're in the same vein. They're sister mm-hmm. albums, but this one is like folklore but with commercial hooks.
1: Yeah. There was one I or think, two songs on it that I was like, I don't care for this. But the opener was killer.
0: Well, there's like I mean, every album that I listen to, there's always like I have my handful of favorites from every single one, and there's always a couple too where I'm like, we could have done without this. On this one, my favorites are, of course, I love Willow. Uh, my all time favorite is Ivy. I really like Gold Rush, and I am a big fan of the No Body, No Crime that she did with, what is it, Haim or Haim? I don't know how they say their name. I think it's Haim. Haim, yeah. I uh, so love I really, Haim. yeah, I really love uh, this album. I think it's great, and I've been listening to it on repeat. You know, other than that, it's the huge. I've got a candle lit Dutch apple waffle. There Smells it is. delicious in here. <laughs> and, I yeah.
1: What I think is interesting is that she was just like,
0: I'm going to drop this and then just did it. I oh, know. She's like, uh, our Lord and Savior, Taylor Swift, was like, um, <laughs> I can't even do the thing that yeah, I do. Cause, like, I almost don't... did it though. <laughs> mm, no, but she was like, uh, I'm not going to grace you with just one album this year, but I'm going to grace you with two. And that's just like big dick energy. I love it. She's like, fuck it. I'm feeling creative and I excel at this and I'm knocking them out and they're great. So good on her. I'm trying to think if there's, I really think that's like kind of the main things for me. And I want to save some because we're recording back to back, so. I mean,
1: there's, the other thing too about like this time right now is like there's nothing going on. We're in this weird period. I don't know what the world's going to look like when this comes out. But right now, as of what, December, what day is it? Today's the 12th. December 12th. (laughs) We're yeah. in this weird period where I think, I feel like last night while I was up at one thirty, I saw the news come through that the FDA approved the Pfizer vaccine. So, like, we're in this weird limbo where we're all just, like, waiting and we're all still quarantining. And if you're like me, you're like, I've been doing this for, like, seven months.
0: I'm not quitting now. Yep. <laughs> pretty much. That's pretty much right. So, it's yeah, just, I don't there's know. There's nothing uh, really going on. No, same old, same old. Oh. Uh,
1: with that... Oh, yeah. Oh. I was just going to say, did you see that Warner Brothers put their entire slate on HBO Max?
0: <laughs> I read that they were going to. I don't have HBO Max, though. Oh, I love HBO Max. The day my parents cut the ties with cable, I'm going to be furious
1: because that's where I would get my HBO from.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah. We don't have cable out here. We just have all streaming services. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Should we get the party started? Sure. Mine's a very heavy topic. Is yours heavy? Kind of, but it's short. Okay, let's do... Mine's a little bit lengthy, so let's do you first this time. Okay. Take it away.
1: I'm going to be talking about the Jogutze case. Ooh, Jogutze. I don't know if that's how you say it.
0: Oh, well, I liked it.
1: Thank you. (laughs) This This is one of the most mysterious unsolved cases in Germany criminal history.
0: Oh, shit. Mysterious. Jesus, God.
1: Oh, God, it's happening. Okay. So, in 1984, Gunther
0: Stoll...
1: Love that. ...couldn't get more German. That is that is a piece of schnitzel. And, uh, he's a 34-year-old <laughs> unemployed food engineer is suffering from a moderate case of paranoia. Same. He, I know, for real. Especially, <laughs> I would say during... During this epidemic, we're all suffering from an acute case of
0: paranoia. It's been paranoia for nearly a year now. We're all in survival (laughs) mode. Ah. He
1: occasionally spoke to his wife of, quote, them, unquote, unknown people who supposedly intended to harm him. He thought that people Um, were on his tail.
0: Don't we all, though?
1: Yeah. I actually, oh my, oh, oh, fuck. All right, I'll bring it up. Uh. Next episode. I just thought okay. of something that I was like, this is what's going on with me. I'm so dumb. Uh, on the anyway, on the 25th <laughs> of October, 1984, at around 11, he seemed to have a eureka moment, claiming he got it or he figured it out. He wrote six letters, Y-O-G-T-Z-E, you're good, sir, on a sheet okay. of paper before crossing it out. And it's inconclusive if the third letter was meant to be a six or a G.
0: Well, if the rest are letters, I feel like it's a G. Maybe. Or is it a 6? I don't know. I don't know
1: anything. So he has this eureka moment and he afterward he goes to his favorite pub, mood. I oh, love that. <laughs> he orders that. a beer and then instantly falls on the ground. Can you Jesus. imagine being a witness to this?
0: You're like, yeah, be like Oh. <laughs> how do you say how do you say one in Ein? Ein. So was he like Ein Bier! and then he just like fell over that sucks
1: yeah he injured his face i guess because I bet. he just went Poof. yeah okay and witnesses state that he wasn't under the influence of alcohol but rather had just simply lost consciousness which is somehow even scarier
0: yeah i hate that like at least with if he had been under the influence you have like an explanation
1: yeah you're like oh he's been drinking all day he yes. just face plants into the floor. As a That's crazy. As a wild tidbit, my mom's grandfather was talking to his neighbor and dropped dead while he was talking to his neighbor. Jesus Christ. Can you imagine being that neighbor? No. <laughs> oh, my I, God. I feel like I'd never speak to anyone again. No. Like, I would just be like, oh,
0: I would be like so, No, I'd be so too shocked. afraid to. See and all like immediately I would be like, "I caused this, I'm the reason, <laughs> and I'd be like I'm cursed, and everybody that talks to me dies. That would be me.
1: I just feel like every person I would speak to would be like, "You okay, how you feeling?
0: <laughs> yeah, how are you feeling now? Do you feel okay? are you
1: are you all right?
0: Isn't that wild? That's insane. so
1: when he awakes, he said he had quote suddenly gone unquote I'll suddenly say.
0: gone where? Where did we suddenly go to? (laughs) So he wakes
1: up, says that, and then gets in his car and drives away. In my notes,
0: I go, nobody stopped him? Yeah, why didn't anybody be like, no, I insist that we call an ambulance and get you checked. What is
1: happening? If I watch somebody faceplant and then get up and be like, oh, I was suddenly gone, and then walk out the door, I'd be like, no, 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 someone grab him. Like, something's wrong. You Germans are wild people. He can't get behind the fucking wheel of a car. No. He just passed out for no reason. Just standing in a no. bar, he passed out. So, you Yugitza. So, because it was so... Oh, 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 I just jumped like four bullets. Okay. We're back. Although it's unknown what he did in the next two hours, around 1 a.m., he's at his hometown. He drove to okay. his childhood hometown. And okay. he had a conversation with a woman he knew from his childhood. He mentioned a horrible incident. That's a quote. But because it was so late at night, the woman was like, go to your parents' house and talk to them instead. The woman's like, go away from me. <laughs> mood. Yeah. Yeah, big mood. At approximately 3 a.m., two truck drivers discovered his crashed car in a trench about 60 miles from his hometown. Okay. Okay. Both truck drivers testified to seeing an injured person in a white jacket walking near the car. After calling law enforcement, the drivers found a severely injured Gunter naked in his car. Naked. Okay.
0: Naked. All right. He was conscious. Was Gunter wearing a white jacket before? Like, I'm wondering if the guy took his clothes.
1: I have no idea. Yeah. That's a very good point, though. Thank you. He was conscious and mentioned that four people had been in the car with him and that they had run away. When he was asked if they were his friends, he said no, and he dies on the way to the hospital. Jesus, Gunter was not having
0: a good night. No, he was
1: not. So, no. a criminal investigation is carried out, and it was revealed that Gunter was injured before the crash. His injuries lined up with him being run over by a car and subsequently positioned in the driver's seat of his own car— and possibly driven to the location where he was discovered, as they believed it didn't happen where he was found. Right. It was concluded that he was naked at the time he was run over. Okay. Other drivers reported seeing a hitchhiker, and neither he nor the person in the white jacket were ever identified. Hmm. There were suspicions that Gunter had gone to the Netherlands and had thought to have made contact with drug dealers, but these proved to be unfounded. This is all
0: too elaborate, too, I feel like. It's very elaborate.
1: Yeah. The meaning of what he wrote down, Yugutsa, has remained unknown. Now, the speculation as to why is a little wild and it's a little all over the place.
0: Love love wild and all over the place because that's what we are. (laughs) That's right. So the first
1: one is the one that I'm like, I don't even know how this relates, but okay. According to some people... Y-O-6-T-Z is a call sign for a Romanian radio station and might have been the true meaning. In my notes, I go, oh. I don't know what that means, though, in the context what of him.
0: A- yeah, and I also, like, what is a call sign? Is that a stupid question? But I don't know what that is.
1: I think it's, like, their, well, like, whatever's written on the outside of a radio station.
0: Oh, so, like, if he were to, like, okay. I guess. I Me, mean, okay, interesting. And But also, why? Right.
1: I, yeah. Right. Then there are other theories. People think it wasn't a word at all and that the G was a six and the two was misidentified as the letter Z because it was a license plate number.
0: A license plate number? That makes a little more sense.
1: That's the most interesting to me.
0: Mm hmm.
1: Here's. Oh,
0: boy. Oh, Go so, good. Give it to me. Is it the Sandhill Crane? <laughs> it's always the Sandhill Crane.
1: He's back, and he's yeah. German this time. And now he's like, I am the Sandhill Crane. <laughs> By the way, that's not a mockery. German accents are some of my favorite accents.
0: I love German accents, and I'd actually love to like learn how to speak German. I still can, kind of. Yeah, I mean, I can habla. <laughs> not really, habla the espanol, but I... I would love to learn German. German, actually, there's like a hand. There's a handful of languages I'd like to learn. I love languages.
1: I do too. I but the um, there's a German show on Netflix, Dark, that's so good. And every time they like they like, there was one episode where they were speaking English in German accents, and I was like, this sounds so cool.
0: They they do sound cool. I don't know. I I like it. I'm a big fan. I big just, fan, of
1: you guys. Yeah, a huge fan. I'm dying to come over. Um, so- I loved
0: it when I went. Oh, I'm dying to go. Twas beautiful. Um, oh.
1: anyway, some people yes. think it's an it's an anagram, perhaps for okay. zygote, the earliest developmental stage of many multicellular organisms. Since he was a okay. food engineer, he may have been hinting at genetically modified food, because this was in '84.
0: Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so
1: maybe. Someone thought that he was a whistleblower or was going to leak it and they were following him and that's why he decided to just dip and then they kept following him. Maybe they're the person in the white jacket. The explanation for the bar is some people think that he saw someone, like maybe that he used to work with or whatever, and he was just like, and just like freaked out and fainted and And then passed out. And then they followed him. Mm. But nobody's noticing the guy who's following the guy that fainted. They're just paying attention to the guy that fainted.
0: yeah. Yeah, okay.
1: And that's the last theory I got.
0: That's wild shit. Right Um, away I went for like a government thing. Something with the government. Because that's my wheelhouse. It's it's always a conspiracy. I like the concept that like he was going to be a whistleblower or something. I think that that's kind of possible. Although I think that they went pretty hardcore with it. And if that's the case, it's not just like your average group of scientists that went after him, I would say. Then it is in fact a government involvement. Or at least
1: someone with a lot of money.
0: With money and, and experience in in hiding things that need to be hidden and all of that shit. Um I mean,
1: what I think is I think the wildest thing about this entire case, which I realize isn't the point, but
0: is that they just stripped him. Like why did they do that? Um possibly because they were worried about transfer of like hair or like like DNA things. Hmm. Would be what I would suspect. I don't know if the car was wiped down as well. Uh, I don't know if they mentioned that at all. So I don't know if that's maybe the reason why they stripped him or if they were trying to remove, like, identifying. God, I don't know.
1: Because, like, they know it's him, and then he dies on the way to the hospital.
0: Yeah, I would would say that they removed the clothes probably to get rid of any transfer that could have come from them.
1: Hmm. And I don't, I don't know how extensively they're wiping down the car in 84.
0: Mm, I don't know. But, like, if the other person was injured, then maybe there was an altercation. Maybe they bled on his clothes or something uh, like that. Again, hair follicles, uh, things like that. that there's, there's things to consider. And so maybe to them that was, like, an easy way of kind of getting rid of some of the possible evidence. I don't really know. I do. It's weird, though. I huh? don't. It is very strange. I don't think I buy the whole Romanian radio station thing. No, I Out of all of them, I kind of feel like the license plate is my favorite one.
1: And I think the license plate can even feed into the fact that maybe they thought he was a whistleblower. Like, that's not a reason. That just could be what the note means.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I think out of all the explanations for the note, like I mean, the Zygote one is kind of cool too, but I, I still kind of feel like the license plate fits in nicely with the overall... Mm-hmm. like, series of events, I suppose.
1: Also, if he's writing it down and then crossing it out, to me, that's, you're not going to write down an anagram and then cross it out. Like, you're not, what? the, the You wouldn't cross it out. But if it's a license plate, maybe. Yeah.
0: yeah, and he might have crossed it out just because he was like, I'm going to write this down and it'll help it stick in my head and then I'll cross it out. Or, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't really know why he crossed it out or anything like that. I just feel like obviously something was going on behind the scenes for him to be like this whole this whole elaborate sort of night for him. I don't there had to have been something. And I don't know that I you know, I do I think he was maybe like a, No, I I don't know. I mean, I think maybe his paranoia was warranted based on what happened to him. Right yeah you know i think so, if, if nothing happened he could have easily been written
1: off as crazy but because he died in this very extreme yeah. and weird way his
0: paranoia was
1: obviously justified
0: yeah so i think there was something going on for gunter i couldn't tell you what but i don't know what, what's your favorite of them the explanations
1: i i like the license plate and i was reading that people thought that he crossed it out because he didn't want his wife to find the note and then her oh, to okay. get in trouble
0: uh, fair enough yeah that's true I didn't know he there was a wife in the picture did you mention that I might have missed that
1: uh yeah but just that he was like talking to her about them
0: oh about them that's right yeah sorry yeah well then that's a good point so maybe he was just like he wrote it down then he's like oh better get rid of this because I gotta help uh Line." you know what's her face she'd be a flaw
1: <laughs> if she was married oh flaw,
0: whatever yeah mm-hmm. um see ya
1: I But I like your idea because he did have this, like, eureka moment. That's, like, the one thing that I kept seeing in all my research is he had this, like, moment of, like, I got it. And then he wrote it down. So to me, he's, right. like, writing it down quickly so that he – because otherwise I forget everything.
0: Yeah, right. So, I mean, it t- makes total sense that he would have, like, if he had this eureka, he would have gone ahead and written it down so he mm-hmm. wouldn't forget it or what have you. Or maybe he meant to go back and look it up later. Or, I, I don't know, maybe he was like, I need a. I need a beer to ponder this over or something.
1: I, I just love that he writes it down, goes to the pub, and maybe he's going there to be like, oh, now I have maybe, okay, Like, let's say it is a license plate number. He writes it down. He's like, oh, I, I, but I, I don't want her to find it. So he crosses it out real quick, but he's like, but it's still there so I can remember it later. He goes to the beer. He goes to the beer. He goes to the beer. <laughs> he goes to mm-hmm. the pub. And maybe he sees the guy that he feels like has been following him. He's like, oh, my God, goes into, like, a state of weird shock. Yeah. Then leaves, because, and that would explain why he would suddenly be like, bye, even though he ordered yeah. a beer. Yeah. And just passed out. <laughs> and then, poor Gunter. Poor Gunter. And then he gets in his car. They follow him. And maybe that's mm-hmm. – what I think is interesting is that he said there were four people. And they saw, people saw a hitchhiker, and then they mm-hmm. saw a guy in a white coat. Mm-hmm. And maybe they weren't, they were going to finish the job with Gunther. They had other plans with him. But those two truck drivers just happened to see him and be like, oh, something's wrong.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, they could have gotten interrupted. And so, yeah, and I, I don't know. I kind of also feel like there is still the possibility, like, maybe the one in the white coat did steal his clothes. I'd be interested to know what Gunther was wearing.
1: I know, and I couldn't find anything about that. That's interesting, so, yeah. though.
0: Um, wow, well, that's a really weird case. That's the Yagutsa case. Yagutsa indeed.
1: Mm-hmm. Or it y- could be a license down plate a... number.
0: It could be. I don't know, but you took me down a rabbit hole there. That was pretty crazy. Yeah, that one's a wild ride. Yours is even wilder. Mine is very wild and very dark, so I'm going to go ahead and do the disclaimer thing that we do from time to time. That's if a you're... good idea. <clears throat> this is a very very morbid moida and so if you are like you know easily triggered by that type of thing or or don't want to hear about it or what have you or kids are in the room sh- kids are in the room you can shut me off and i'll talk to you next week and by the this...
1: way we we take no offense when that happens we understand the world is hard and sometimes the brain feels heavy
0: yeah it's all good i'm not upset and like i said i'll see you next week i have a cryptid next week so it's a little bit lighter. <laughs> da, da, da. so without further ado today as you can tell by the title of the episode i am discussing the black dahlia case which Oof. i'm about to sound super ignorant for a moment but uh-huh. for the longest time i thought the black dahlia referred to the murderer and not the person who was murdered isn't i i feel so stupid right now
1: oh yeah it's her
0: i didn't realize that and mm. so here i am i'm like hmm so nothing like you know discrediting myself pretty much right at the get-go but <laughs> We're here we are here at oddities here at oddities honesty is key That's so great. the black dahlia is kind of like this name that was given to uh, a woman by the name of elizabeth short who was very very gruesomely murdered uh she's an american woman who was found murdered in the lamert park neighborhood of los angeles california and then her case became highly publicized due to, like, how graphic it was.
1: Nothing like the media to really expound on a terrible tragedy.
0: <sighs> yes, thank you, media. Let's see, she she was a native of Boston. She spent, like, her childhood was kind of wild. She went back and forth between a bunch of places, and then, like, you know, I- I'll touch on that a little bit Um she So she lived in Massachusetts, she lived in Florida, then she relocated to California ultimately, and that's where her father lived. Um, it is commonly held that she was an aspiring actress, although she didn't have any known acting credits or jobs at the time mm. uh, while, while she was in Los Angeles. What year was she, this? This is in the 40s, so they they discovered her in forty seven let's see oh so okay so she got the name of the black dahlia posthumously uh after the owner of a drug store in long beach california told reporters that male customers had that name for her supposedly and you know what i take exception to this case a little bit because they kind of like the, the media kind of tried to drag her character through the mud a little bit after shocking. Her death. shocking indeed and that just when that happens it drives me crazy because like i know um i, I mean in some cases it's like yeah like if this is fact and this is true like They did these things, whatever. That's different, but, like, for this, it's, um... There was, like, a lot of hearsay, and they were kind of, like, slut-shaming her and stuff, but, like, none of Mm -hmm. it was necessarily... None of it was true, and also, what does it matter? And so it's just, like, you know, whatever. Also, if
1: you're doing that to someone posthumously, and they're not even alive to defend themselves, and then on top of that, they gruesomely died, go fuck yourselves.
0: Yeah. Anyway, the name also could have originated from a noir murder mystery that was kind of, like out and popular just before this the blue dahlia and that came out in april of 1946 um and this after the um discovery of her body on january 14th nope, 15th, 1947 the los angeles police department started this extensive investigation supposedly and they produced over 150 suspects but no arrests so this is still considered an unsolved crime cream cream indeed So, like, all the details surrounding this have kind of had this lasting cultural intrigue, and like, there's all these theories and public speculation, and they try to tie it to these other murders, and I'll touch on that just a little, but I mostly stick with her. And um, historians credit it as one of the first major crimes in post World War II America to capture national attention. Hmm. So, I'm just gonna do like a hop, skip, and a jump through her childhood. But she was born July 29th, 1924, in Hyde Park, Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, she, there She was one of five daughters of Cleo, Cleo and Phoebe Mae Short. Uh, the Short family relocated to Maine for a hot second. Then they settled in Massachusetts. And then she kind of spent a vast majority of her life. Supposedly, her, so her father built these mini golf courses until the 1929 stock market crash. And then he lost most of his savings. And the family became kind of like broke at that point. And then in 1930, her father's car was found abandoned on the Charlestown Bridge. And it was assumed that he had committed suicide by jumping into the river. Yikes. But it's not its not what you think. Because at first, I also thought, yikes. So, get to that. Anyway, the mom took over. She she raised the girl. They moved to a small apartment, etc. Uh, Short had um, a lot of, like, respiratory issues growing up. She had a lot of, like, bronchitis issues, severe asthma attacks. She underwent lung surgery at age 15. Yikes! Um, and then doctors were like, why don't you guys relocate to a milder climate during winter months? And that might help her issue. So she would basically spend her winters in Miami with other family and family friends. And so she kind of like went back and forth. And then her sophomore year of high school, she she dropped out of Medford High School. And then she decided to relocate to California a little bit later. So in, in late 1942, this is the father thing. Her mom receives a letter of apology from her presumed deceased husband, which revealed that he was, in fact, alive and had started a new life in California.
1: Fuck off. Isn't
0: that insane? I have to
1: tell you, every time someone's like, oh, yeah, they just left and started a new life, that must have been wild to do in that time because you literally, all you have to do is drive over state lines. No one knows who you are.
0: I know. It's insane. Um, so anyway, at the age of 18, she relocates to California to live with her father. And, you know, while she's ah. there, she she becomes involved with... Um, he she sounds like military. a stable person. I know. A, a good person to be living with, for yeah, sure. For sure. Um, <clears throat> she did have, like, a, a little stint. She was arrested for underage drinking at a local bar. Uh, she she had a couple of flings with, like, these Army Air Force members. She sure. had a thing for, like, military men. Sure. Um, and that's just kind of like a nutshell. There's there's really not much else on that. So let's get to the Moida portion of this here's a little bit of the lead up to it so january 9th 1947 she returns home to her to her like apartment in los angeles uh, after she had taken a brief trip to san diego with robert red manley who was a salesman um, that he was having an affair with her whatever Uh, he states that he dropped her off at the biltmore hotel located at 506 south grand avenue downtown los angeles And that Short was supposed to be meeting her sister, who was in from Boston, and they were going to go have an afternoon together or whatever. After speaking with her friends and acquaintances, the LAPD realized that Short had, in fact, vanished six days before her murder, leading investigators to surmise that she was kind of like kidnapped before she was killed, theoretically. By some accounts at this hotel, staff of the Biltmore recalled having seen Short using the lobby telephone, and then Just after that, she was allegedly seen by patrons of the Crown Grill Cocktail Lounge at 754 South Olive Street, which is about, it's just under a half mile away from the Biltmore Hotel. So, they discover her, or this, this, actually it's really sad, this woman and her little daughter (laughs) discover her, this, this scene, which is terrible. So, the morning of January 15th, 1947, her naked body is found severed into two pieces on a vacant lot on the west side of South Norton Avenue, which is halfway between the Coliseum Street and West 39th Street, which is in Leimart Park, Los Angeles. Uh, at the time, this neighborhood was basically undeveloped. It was just kind of like open. There was there really wasn't anything around. A local resident of somewhere nearby named Betty Bursinger discovered the body at approximately 10 a.m. while she was walking with her three-year-old daughter. Initially, Betty thought she'd found like a discarded store mannequin, And then she realized it was a corpse and she rushed to a nearby house and called the police. So thank you, Betty. Um, Her severely mutilated body was completely severed at the waist and drained of blood, leaving her skin a very, 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 very pale white. Hence the mannequin thing, which I could see that if from far away she sees this and she's like, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah, because of course you don't want to think that that's a body. Of course you'd rather think that's
0: a mannequin. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, medical examiners determined that she had been dead for about 10 hours prior to the discovery, leaving her time of death sometime during the late evening of January 14th or the early morning hours of the 15th. The body had apparently been washed by the killer in gasoline. Uh, her face had been slashed from the corners of her mouth to her ears, creating an effect which is now known as the Glasgow smile. And she had several cuts on her thigh and breasts where entire portions of flesh had been sliced away, and they actually put some of these apparently in her... I think it was in her vagina, which is, like, really awful and Aww. really gross. This whole thing is really gross. Um, the lower half, half of her body was positioned about a foot away from the upper portion. Her intestines had been tucked underneath, and the, the corpse had been posed with her hands over her heads, her elbows bent at right angles, and her legs spread apart. I get, like, nauseous talking about this a little bit. I actually, just so...
1: that, that wave just hit me of nausea.
0: It's so awful. Um, upon the discovery, of course, then a crowd starts to gather, passersby and reporters, and they, they all start to gather because people are morbid. Uh, the Los Angeles Herald-Express reporter, Aggie Underwood, was among the first to arrive at the scene and took several photos of the corpse and crime scene. I hate that. Like, this is... A, there's, like, no respect there. Um, it this is noted is obviously that...
1: obviously one of the... One of the most was- horrific things to happen. And that's what you're doing.
0: And that's what you're fucking doing. You're taking pictures, you jackass. Like Jesus. And this is just so like
1: This ugh. was a human being that was obviously like this is the most Ugh. It's so this is fucking so, so
0: violating. And it's just yeah. Um it is noted that near the body the detectives located a heel print on the ground amid some tire tracks and a cement sack containing watery blood. Uh, and that was also found nearby. So let's discuss the yes. autopsy a bit. So the autopsy was reported. oh my God. The, uh, the autopsy was performed the following day, January 16th by a man named Frederick Newbar who was the LA uh, county coroner at the time. His autopsy report stated that she was 55, uh, weighed 115 pounds, had light blue eyes, brown hair, and badly decayed teeth. Um, which she was known for, like, her bottom, her bottom teeth were supposedly very, like, she had serious issues, dental issues. Um, she did have ligature marks on her ankles, uh, wrists, and neck, and an irregular laceration with superficial tissue loss on her right breast. Uh, he also noted superficial lacerations on the right forearm, left upper arm, and lower left side of the chest. As I had mentioned, the body had been cut completely in half, through a technique that was taught in the 30s, which was known as a hemicorporectomy. The lower half of her body had been removed by transecting the lumbar spine between the second and third lumbar vertebrae, which severed the intestine at the duodenum. I said that wrong. It's duodenum, I believe. Whatever. Newbar's report noted very little bruising along the incision line, suggesting that it had been performed after death. Uh, another gaping laceration measuring over four inches in length ran longitudinally from the umbilicus to the suprapubic region. So basically right right along where like her like uterus would be. Um, the lacerations on each side of the face, which extended from the corners of the lips, were measured at three inches on the right side of the face and two and a half on the left. The skull was not fractured, but there was bruising noted on the front and right side of her scalp with a small amount of bleeding in the subarachnoid space... On the right side consistent with blows to the head. The cause of death was determined to be hemorrhaging from the lacerations to her face and the shock from the blows to the head and face and then the other things were supposedly happened post-mortem. Um, oh my God this poor angel yeah and this is this is also like so this is disturbing. her anal canal was dilated at nearly two inches suggesting that she may have been raped. Samples were taken from her body testing for the presence of sperm, but the results came back negative um prior to the autopsy police had been like quickly been able to identify the victim as short after sending copies of her fingerprints to washington uh via sound photo which was a primitive fax machine of the era i didn't know that that was a thing back then i didn't either i like who knew anyway the the prints matched those given that she had she had given when she was arrested for that underage drinking thing in 1943 um immediately following her identification this is really awful Reporters from William Randolph Hearst, Los Angeles Examiner, contacted her mother, Phoebe, in Boston and told her that her daughter had won a beauty contest. It was only after prying as much personal information as they could from Phoebe that they revealed that she was, in fact, murdered. The uh, the newspaper offered to pay her airfare and accommodations if she would travel to Los Angeles to help with the police investigation. But that was another ploy because the newspaper then kept her away from police and other reporters to protect its, like, Scoop on all this. Go
1: fuck yourself.
0: I hate the Los Angeles Examiner.
1: You fucking garbage piles. You're
0: calling her mother with this bullshit. Her fucking mother. Oh my God. I don't know how someone could do that. Like, how can you do that?
1: So that you can get a story? This uh, literally go fuck yourself. You're a horrible person.
0: I, I hate these people. Um, and then, then they started sensationalizing this case, right? The Examiner and then another uh, Hearst-owned newspaper the Los Angeles Herald Express and they're like in one article from the Examiner they were like uh, she wore a black tailored suit uh, wearing a tight skirt and sheer blouse and the nickname they gave her the nickname the Black Dahlia and described her as an adventuress who prowled Hollywood Boulevard. Um, I hate that. You I fucking balls. I hate that so much and I think that It's such trash. Wow, this
1: case disgusts me and enrages me in equal quantities. I know, it's
0: fucking terrible. And you know what really, like, beyond the fact that they're saying these terrible things, it's that they're choosing to focus on sensationalizing this bullshit instead of trying to get facts out to the public where the public might be able to, like, see this person or... Or, like, come forth with detail. Like, they're not using it for a way that could potentially help solve this case. And I hate that. No. Which, by the way, they're, Instead, guys, they're focusing on all this bullshit that they're making up.
1: Right. Because, well, because they want to sell papers.
0: Yeah. And tarnishing her name. And,
1: I mean, Jesus Christ. It, this is just, like, for people that are like, this is a new thing in the news that they're just selling, they're just nope. telling you what they want to sell you. No. They've been doing this it's, for literally years.
0: I think since, like, pretty much the beginning of time.
1: <laughs> yeah they're the stuff
0: I mean they they are it's it's really, really terrible, um,
1: especially to like how do you, who writes this and then goes to fucking sleep at night? seriously like how do you how do you do this shit and then like live with yourself? i I would assume you just have no conscience and that's how you live with yourself. is you're like, just gotta, a sociopath
0: I got to be honest, in my mind, you guys are kind of up there with the murderer well, How can you do this to a human being? That's terrible. Um, okay, so the here's the investigation itself. Mm-mm. So the initial investigation. So January 21st, 1947, a person claiming to be Short's killer placed a phone call to the office of James Richardson, who was editor of the Examiner, congratulating him on the newspaper's coverage of the case, and stated he planned on eventually turning himself in, but not before allowing police to pursue him further. Which this all sounds a little Zodiac to me. Mm-hmm. Additionally, the caller told Richardson to expect some souvenirs of Beth Short in the mail. So on the 24th, a suspicious manila envelope uh, discovered by a U.S. Postal Service worker uh, shows up, and the envelope had been addressed to the Los Angeles Examiner and other Los Angeles papers, with individual words that had been cut and pasted from newspaper clippings. Additionally, a large message on the face of the envelope read, Here is Dahlia's belongings. Letter to follow. The envelope contained her birth certificate business cards photographs names written on pieces of paper and an address book with the name mark hansen embossed on the cover the packet had been carefully cleaned with gasoline like her body was uh, which led police to suspect that the packet had in fact been sent directly by her killer
1: right also despite efforts yeah as a as a newspaper if you're getting praised by how you're presenting this This murdered woman by the killer, do you think maybe
0: you're not doing something right? Do you think maybe you guys are fucking assholes? I'm just wondering.
1: Right, like if he's siding with you, there might be something wrong here.
0: Yeah, uh, where did I... Oh, despite efforts to clean the packet, several partial fingerprints um, were pooled. However, they were compromised in transit and thus could not be properly analyzed which is annoying to me that
1: is annoying. the same
0: day the packet was received by the examiner a handbag and black suede shoe were reported to have been seen on top of a garbage can in an alley not far from norton avenue about two miles where short's body uh, two miles from where short's body had been discovered and the items were recovered by police but they had also been wiped clean with gasoline again destroying any fingerprints so march 14th An apparent suicide note scrawled in pencil on a bit of paper was found tucked in a shoe uh, on top of a pile of men's clothing by the ocean's edge at the foot of Breeze Avenue in Venice, uh, California. The note read, To whom it may concern, I have waited for the police to capture me for the Black Dahlia killing, but have not. I am too much of a coward to turn myself in, so this is the best way out for me. I couldn't help myself for that or this. Sorry, Mary. Which I don't know why it said Mary. It's very strange no, no, no to me, either. right? Also, you're a yeah. coward
1: for both things, so <clears throat> you, you that just now. suck in
0: general. So, uh, they couldn't get any really like useful information off of the pile of clothes that were there. They gave no clue about the identity of the owner. They didn't find any like there wasn't anything like really really like distinguishable about them. They it was all really average and whatever. So, this Mark Hansen character, the planner that they that was sent in that had his name embossed on it. He was the owner of the address book, um, and they considered him a suspect. He was a wealthy local nightclub and theater owner, and he was an acquaintance at whose home Short had stayed with friends. And according to some sources, he also confirmed that the purse and shoe discovered in the alley were in fact Shorts. Um, Short's friend and roommate, Anne, told investigators that Short had recently rejected sexual advances from Hanson and suggested that that could be a possible cause for him to kill her. However, he was cleared of suspicion in the case. And in addition to Hanson, the LAPD uh, interviewed over 150 men in the ensuing weeks, whom they believed to be potential suspects. Manley, who had been one of the last people to see Short alive, was also investigated, but was cleared of suspicion after passing numerous polygraph examinations. Mm.
1: Police also
0: interviewed several persons um, found listed in Hanson's address book, including Martin Lewis, who was an acquaintance of Short's and Lewis was able to provide an alibi for the date of her murder as he was in Portland, Oregon, visiting his father-in-law, who was dying of kidney failure. Yikes. A total of 750 investigators from the LAPD and other departments worked on this case during the initial stages, including 400 sheriff's deputies, 250 California State Patrol officers. That's a lot.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I still have zero faith, but yeah, that's a lot.
0: Yeah, but at least they didn't, like... I I don't know, like, I feel like back then, a case like this, they... Like they would have allowed it to be sensationalized, and then like there wouldn't have they would have just like dropped it. At least they they assigned resources to it, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Um, City Councilman Lloyd G. Davis posted a $10,000, which is around $114,000 as of 2019, reward for information leading suspect or leading police to the to the killer. Um, after the announcement of the reward, various persons came forward with confessions, of course. They were dismissed as false. A lot of these, and it just all was kind of... Those people were charged with obstruction of justice. (laughs) Good. Good. (laughs) They should be. they should be. Yeah. So there were other letters that were sent in. Uh, January 26th, another letter was received and it said, here it is, turning in Wednesday, January 29th, 10 a.m. Had fun at police. Had my fun at police. Black Dahlia Avenger. The letter also named a location where the supposed killer was going to meet the police. Uh, They showed up and... The, the person didn't meet them. Um, in, instead at 1 PM, the examiner offices received another cut and pasted letter, which read have changed my mind. You would not give me a square deal. Dahlia killing was justified. I hate this mm. person. So by February 1st, the case had run into kind of like a stone wall. There were no new leads for investigators to pursue. Um, The examiner continued to run stories on the murder and the investigation, which was front page news for 35 days. Front page for 35 days. Hmm. Uh, When interviewed, lead investigator Captain Jack Donahue told the press that he believed Short's murder had taken place in a remote building or shack on the outskirts of Los Angeles, and her body was transported into the city where it was disposed of. Based on the precise cuts and dissection of Short's corpse, the LAPD looked into the possibility that the murderer may have been a surgeon, doctor, or someone with medical knowledge. Mm-hmm. In mid-February 1947, the LAPD served a warrant to the University of Southern California Medical School, which was located near the site where her body had been discovered, requesting a complete list of the program students. <clears throat> and the university agreed, so long as the students' identities remained private. The background checks were conducted. No results were yielded. But, like, would a background check... Like, I feel like they should have interrogated all of them. Right. Unless that was part of their background check, I don't really know, but...
1: I don't know either. It, you're right. If they're not questioning them, what's a background check going to do? If these yeah, like, people haven't been caught for anything, they're definitely, they wouldn't not have been allowed be in medical
0: school. Right, exactly. So by spring of 1947, it had officially become a cold case uh, with next to no new leads. And Sergeant Finnis Brown, who was one of the lead detectives on the case, blamed the press for compromising the investigation through reporters' probing of details and unverified reporting. Yes. Fair. Very fair, Sergeant Finnis Brown. September 1949, a grand jury convenes to discuss the inadequacies in the LAPD's homicide unit based on their failure to solve numerous murders, especially those of women and children, in the past several years, and Short's case was one of them. In the aftermath of the grand jury, further investigation was done on Short's past, with detectives tracing her movements between Massachusetts, California, and Florida over the years, and also interviewed people who knew her in Texas and New Orleans. However... These interviews yielded nothing. So here are a list of some suspects. There are some supposed confessions. They received over 60 confessions over the course of this thing from different people. Most of them were men. Shocker. But, I mean, men also commit, like, most of the crimes. Just yeah. saying. And i put so good money on that it's a man. Yeah. Since that time, I have one that I actually really buy. So I'll get into it. But okay. since that time, over 500 people have confessed the crime. Some of who were not even born at the time of her death. Oh yeah, yeah. I hate people. What the fuck? Sergeant John P. St. John. I love him. That name. John P. St. John. What
1: a it sounds funny fuck. when you say it fast.
0: I know. <laughs> Alright, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. He was a detective who worked the case up until his retirement. And he stated, oh, it's amazing. Him. It is. He says, it's amazing how many people will offer up a relative as a killer. <laughs> I totally believe
1: that. I have to tell you something. That just gave me big paws.
0: I know. Because all I know. of a sudden I'm like, hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, 2003, uh, a man by the name of Ralph Asdell, who was one of the original detectives on the case, told the Times that he believed he had, in fact, interviewed Short's killer a man who had been seen with his sedan parked near the vacant lot where her body was discovered in the early morning hours of January 15th. A neighbor driving by that day stopped to dispose of a bag of lawn clippings in the vacant lot when he saw a parked sedan allegedly with its right rear door open and the driver of the sedan was standing in the lot. His arrival apparently startled this person uh, who approached this car and peered in the window before returning to the sedan and driving away. The owner of the sedan was followed to a local restaurant where he worked, but ultimately was clear of suspicion. I don't know, it seems, seems sketch-a-letch to me. Seems but that's not, the one, that's not the one that I truly believe in. So here's a little a list of suspects. I'll tell you which one is the one I personally believe. So, suspects uh, let's see, it includes the Times publisher Norman Chandler uh, whom biographer Dan- Donald Wolf claims impregnated short. Leslie Dillon Joseph A. Dumise, Artie Lane, aka Jeff Connors, Mark Hanson, Dr. Francis E. Sweeney, Woody Gut- Gunthry, Bugsy Siegel, Orson Welles, George Hodel, Hodel's friend Fred Sexton, George Knowlton, Robert M. Red Manley, Patrick S. O'Reilly, and Jack Anderson Wilson. Of those, my favorite suspect for this is George Hill Hodel. Um... And I'll get into it a little bit. But anyway, they came to consider him as a suspect after the 1947 murder. He was never formally charged with the crime, but came to wider attention as a suspect after his death when he was accused by his son, who was a former Los Angeles homicide detective. Uh, His son's name was Steve. He accused that or he wrote that his father killed short and he spent years putting together the evidence, apparently. Prior to the Dahlia case, he was also a suspect in the death of his secretary, Ruth Spalding, but was not charged, and he was accused of raping his own daughter, but acquitted. He fled the country several times and spent 1950 to 1990 in the Philippines.
1: Excuse me. This man gets accused. Yes.
0: His secretary dies. Yes. Why are we not pursuing this harder? Right. I have more evidence. Does anyone else have, have a murder of another woman surrounding them? He's got he's got so many things that like fit the bill with this. I don't understand why they didn't like really push it on this guy. But like, why aren't you pressing him? I know, it's um, it's it's insane. So she her murder has been linked to several different ones. I'll touch on it a little bit, but I really wanted to just kind of keep this about her. So let's talk about Steve uh, and his accusation of his father George. So. He cites his father's training as a surgeon as circumstantial evidence. Uh, in oh. two thousand three, yes, and guess what? He apparently was in medical school or had learned that, like that technique that we talked from the thirties, where they like you know the essentially oh. cutting a person in half. R- right. Oh, interesting. Right. Yes. In two thousand three, it was revealed in notes from the nineteen forty nine grand jury report that investigators had wiretapped Hodel's home. And obtained recorded conversation of him with an un- unidentified visitor, saying, "Supposin' I did kill the Black Dahlia, they couldn't prove it. Now they can't talk to my secretary because she's dead." Okay, so this guy did it, right? Um, there's also like, he he talks about like all kinds of things. Like over the years, he found he found like a picture of her in an album that was his father's. Like there's like all this stuff that he kind of he. It just, it, it all sort of really makes sense to me. Um, and it just kind of, it's like, well, it's insane to me that like they didn't pursue this guy harder.
1: Even if you look at it from the big picture, right? Mm-hmm. First of all, the first red flag is that his secretary is dead. Yes, That's the first absolutely. big red flag to me. If any other absolutely. suspect had a woman that died around them, I would have been yeah. like, okay, we're going to single these people out. Yeah, And like, then why for would him to not... also have medical training. Hello?
0: Yeah, like, why... <sighs> why
1: are you not grilling this man for all he's worth? I know. Um,
0: and so, like, so... I, I'm not really... Like, some of the other suspects that they bring up or whatever, I, I'm sure there's some credibility to them, but I really want to focus on this guy because it just seems like it makes the most sense to me. So, Well, also, so... people
1: have gone to jail with less circumstantial
0: evidence than this guy has on him. For sure, so so Steve's father dies, right? He, he's going through his belongings. his His father had loomed like large throughout his early childhood, and their their relationship was always kind of like a strained one. and George was this like grandiose doctor with this distant personality, and he had abandoned the family basically and gone off to the Philippines just before his son's ninth birthday. Mm-hmm. And so he goes through his father's possessions, he finds this photo album. It's small enough to fit in like the palm of the hand. Uh, it's bound in wood and he started going through it and if it's it has pictures of the family or whatever else, um but towards the back, there are two pictures of a young woman, eyes cast downward, deep curly, dark hair. and he still doesn't know why he had the idea, but when he was looking through it, he's like, that looks like the black dahlia. Uh, and of course, you know, that's Elizabeth short. and he like the the photos alone, like he just he was like, this is this is crazy. like I don't know. And so he starts like, Going through this, he worked for the LAPD for 23 years. Uh, he had established this reputation as this, like, unfaltering homicide detective. And so he started digging about it. He, he looked at the crime scene photos. He saw the hemicorporectomy. Uh, it was taught in the 30s when his father had been in medical school. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the Black Dahlia Avenger, which was like that later letter that was sent, bore a very similar resemblance to his father's handwriting, he feels. And so he started cataloging like evidence for over 15 years um, and it kind of just like brought him to this conclusion that his father was in fact the killer. Uh, The research has won him like some fans about this, but then there are other people who like kind of speak down about it because they're uncomfortable with his tone saying that he kind of like blurs the line between obsession and admiration. uh, And he like wrote this gripping narrative about it as in a book, but like, I don't know. I mean, I just think he's like a really dedicated dude. Also, you could argue that
1: about any person that writes a, that writes anything about serial killers.
0: Of course you could. Or a murderer. I feel like you could argue it. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. Like, to me, I think he, like, comes across a lot of good points. Um, also,
1: this must have been... I'm sure at some point there's going to be some kind of emotion in it because even however estranged they are, he's still talking about his father, so I'm sure it was very difficult for him.
0: Yeah, um... And he did, like, send in, like, the handwriting. He's like, there's a strong likelihood that this is, like, that this matches the script from the letter. Um, He found in the archives of UCLA a folder containing receipts for contracting work that was on his childhood home. And one of the receipts showed a purchase a few days before her murder of ten five-pound bags of concrete, which was the same size and brand found near her body that was filled with blood. Weird. I know like these are all very strange things that to me it's just like it all kind of links connects, up perfectly <laughs> connects the dots really really well and so um, yeah I mean that's that's the Black Dahlia murder they they. It's oh there's also one more thing there's a transcript that he found of a call it's it's like he finds this transcript in the notes of um, like newspaper clippings and 100 pages of typed interviews and you know whatever have you it's like this was from like the lapd and stuff like that uh on the 19th of february 1950 there's a haunting exchange it says eight twenty-five p.m woman screamed woman screamed again it should be noted that the woman was not heard before the scream and then later in the day his father talks to a confidant and it says realize there was nothing i could do i put a pillow over her head and covered her with a blanket. Get a taxi. Expired at 12.59. They thought there was something fishy. Anyway, now they may have figured it out. I killed her. And then the surveillance kind of continues, uh, but there's one, like, moment in it, and and then that's when he says, suppose and I did kill the Black Dahlia. You know, Mm -hmm. my secretary can't say anything. She's dead. So, essentially, he kind of, like, admitted to everything. So, anyway, she's been linked to... What are are some of the other ones? There's, like, the Cleveland torso murders. Um, There's, like, the lipstick murders in Chicago. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's a bunch of stuff where they try to connect all of this, but I don't know that I necessarily buy it. And I really just kind of wanted to focus on this one in particular because otherwise this was going to turn into, like, a two-hour episode. So, Well, also because I think that the news
1: also, the police departments like to be like, oh, it's just one extraneous case, and that might not be true. Or it's just one guy. Cause we don't want to admit that ugly people could be anyone and could be anywhere.
0: Right. And so and that's the be. black Dahlia. It's a fucking terrible case. It's disgusting how the media handled it. There are definitely some issues I think with how the investigation was handled. But I, if I had to put my money on any suspect, it would be on that George guy. <sighs> a
1: poor woman.
0: I know. It's fucking awful. And then on top of it, like, not only did she die in this terrible way, but now after her death, all of these people tried to, like, talk all this shit. And it's just really frustrating and really awful. And I'm angry.
1: I, I... And I know that this is still a common thread because I know that social media kind of does the same thing. But I oh, yeah. just feel like if it's an open investigation, cops need to tell the media, sweet fuck all, because... People just spin out and lose their minds and I'm, it's just, it's honestly disgusting and now you're just besmirching this woman who, I, I don't know if I used besmirching in the right vein there, but you're just basically tarnishing this woman's name because yeah. you want to spout whatever bullshit you want to spout and cause you want to sell papers and then you're selling papers to this world about this
0: woman and you, you don't know anything. No, and the thing, too, like, that I want to point out is, like, her poor mother. Like, what they did to her mom is just, like, it's unspeakable. It's terrible.
1: That's the most unconscionable shit I've ever heard in my life. It's
0: awful. So, I'm sorry to end on such a heavy note, but I really feel like this is, like, a crime that should be covered. And I feel like it should be discussed. And, like, not only the crime itself, but also how it was handled.
1: Yeah, and I just... I'm just so sad for her.
0: I am too. And for and her
1: mother and her sisters.
0: It sucks. I will say this. I think what they ruled as the death, like she died from like the, the cuts on her face and like they had trauma like that I could see. And like, I think it the timeline that they set up, like she was kidnapped and like held hostage for a bit. That makes sense to me too. Cause she had like, her wrists had been bound and her ankles and like she mm. had the marks on it. So it makes sense to me. All I can say is I swear, or I, I swear, I really, really, really hope that it is the case that she was already dead when they had, you know, started, like, dismembering her and shit. I mean... That's so terrible. Uh, yeah, so... was her so, father? He, like, wasn't really mentioned anymore in any of my research. It's just, like, she moved to California with her dad for a while, and then it sounds like she was kind of on her own in L.A. with her roommate, Anne. So I don't really know... I don't mm-hmm. really know what to think of the father, but he sucks, too, so... I, it's so sad. I know. So, anyway, everybody, sorry for the heaviness, but (laughs) we do like to cover crime, you know, on this podcast, too. And Mm. um, so, let us know what you think. If you have any other information that I may have missed, because there was a lot, uh, and I didn't want this to turn into a mega episode, Um, you know, feel free to send it our way if you think that there's a different suspect who maybe is more plausible than this George guy, I'd be interested to hear it. And I guess until next time, stay strange.